This is Life I Swear, where we share stories and reflections from Black women about trials in their lives that have helped them heal, connect, and process. Every week, we hold space for storytelling that both challenges and inspires us to be good to ourselves. I'm your host, Chloe Dulce Livueso. In support of Black Female Voices, every week of season three, we're highlighting a different Black woman-owned brand or organization. These entrepreneurs and visionaries rely on community to expand, so I hope you support. This week, we're highlighting the Harambe Collective, a virtual membership community designed exclusively for women X of color. You can join their community by visiting their website, www.theharambecollective.com. That's Harambe spelled H-A-R-A-M-B-E-E or their IG page at The Harambe Collective. They're excited to offer new members a week free membership. I used to be at war with myself to get rest. Rest was something I compromised for the sake of getting things done. For so many, that's the case. But when I didn't care for my wellness through rest, I experienced a cascading crash of my spiritual and emotional capacity, which ultimately impacted my health. I walked around with a tight chest and my clarity was in deficit because my body was desperate for a break. Since then, I've been committed to anchoring in rest. The transition into a mindset that chooses serenity rather than equating value to productivity has been a huge part of finding my grounding in this season of my life. And I've been blessed to have Imani Joy Sanders in my corner during this season. Rest, she says, is a reparations of sorts, an antidote to self-love. Amani is founder of Huru, a restorative sacred space in Washington, D.C. that offers a thoughtful experience curated to harvest clarity, discovery, and affirmation through rest. In light of International Day of Happiness, which was just March 20th, I sat down and chatted with Imani about the relationship between rest and joy, rest and freedom, rest and international peace building, and how to cultivate more of it in our lives. So Imani Sanders, um, I want to talk to you about happiness today. Um, Because yesterday, March 20th, was International Day of Happiness. And um, I've never followed it as a day to recognize, but as you and I have been talking, it has gotten me to thinking Um, that there are ways to define what happiness looks like or means to us in different ways. Before I get into kind of unpacking happiness, can you tell us a little bit about your story and what led you to launch your organization, Huru? Yes, absolutely. And thank you, Chloe, for inviting me to Life I Swear. Absolutely. (laughs) I am 36 and a half Mm -hmm. and um, I am the product of hardship and privilege. 
Um, mm. And so that dichotomy has certainly played a role in my experiences throughout life and the legacies that I've clinged to from my grandparents and my parents. I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is a pretty green town, but it is a Southern town. And so just faced a lot of adversity growing up and had two loving parents, of course, and still have them. Throughout school and my journey, really felt isolated at moments where I thought that that was the norm. And so I think I brought a little bit of that into my adulthood, but grew to have a really beautiful circle of friends and sisters closer toward the end of my college years and in early adulthood and launched a career in advertising. And so that was the love. I had fallen in love with Disney and animation back in the third grade. And Mm -hmm. that just poured into kind of this pursuit of creative marketing. And so doing that, I went into ad agency world and that world is pretty brutal for folks who know it. Yes. Um, And I was up kind of burning the midnight oil all day, every day for nearly 14 years. So even after marrying the the love of my life, a spiritual partner, and having my two beautifully br- brilliant girls, I experienced severe, extreme burnout. And from that point, I knew I had to draw on a source that was greater than myself. And I started meditating every morning. I used to wake up around 3 a.m. to work. And my body became accustomed to that. And so I knew that I would still wake up, but I would just breathe and and sit in stillness silently. And my breaths were anxious, like I felt the vibrations in them. And so that's when I heard the universe say to me, "Um, you need to go minister rest and you need to be that source to the folks who are experiencing exactly what you've experienced. And and that's when I launched Huru. Huru is Swahili. It means free. We launched in 2020. It was the weekend of World Peace, World Peace Day. And mm. it, it also happened to coincide on Rosh Hashanah, which is the New Year celebration in the Judaism culture. And so was a very symbolic weekend for me. And I started with myself being my first guest. And so that weekend, I took the time to kind of just go to this rest retreat, which is really designed to have these cultural and spiritual touches infused through them and, and take myself through the experience that I knew I wanted to take others through. And what it produced was awesome wonder. That was the phrase that came out of that awesome. weekend. And so ever since then, I've been hosting every other weekend. And, and that's, that's where I am now. I'm, I've ma- managed to maintain that serenity since, mm-hmm. since last September. And, and I'll try and do one, a retreat for myself every six months to replenish and to prepare. But I do think that that time is necessary for restoration and restoration and and preservation. Preservation. If if you're not yet at burnout, 
yeah, burnout is such a reality for so many of us. And I do know what the ad agency culture is like and working in PR and comms. Um, I've lived that schedule that doesn't allow for you to make room for yourself. But like you've said, there are a lot of things that kind of motivate our overworking, whether it's career or parenting, ego, money, demands, status. But I'm wondering, you know, in that burnout, you've mentioned that we have lost the ability to understand our drivers or identify our passions and groom our dreams. And I love, I love that correlation between burnout and um, losing our freedom. What does freedom mean to you? Freedom to me is a, a feeling of enlightenment, um, mm-hmm. which is when I can be immersed in sustainable peace, despite what is happening all around. Mm-hmm. And so that freedom when my heart and my mind are aligned and the rhythm and the waves of the ocean and the air are kind of going at the same pace at this very like delicate beautiful pace that's what I feel like freedom is Mm -hmm. I love that I love the also correlation to that and to rest and joy and so in your vision of what you want to create in community through Huru. For those of us who a day of um, respite feels so far removed from reality and being able to pull back from the demands feels like more tension than kind of our lifestyle will allow, allow ease for. How do you think we can integrate rest to get to that sense of freedom or sense of, of joy How can we do that in a tangible way that how were you able to make time for that and prioritize it despite all of the demands of career and parenting? That's a great question. How are any of us able to do it? I mean, I think it is it as simple as a decision. It's a choice for sure. It's a choice that is manifested, you know, through self and through the divine. I do think that there are certain things that I do daily in my practice that foster it. And so when we talk about behavior change, um, Mm -hmm. behavior change does lead ultimately to the impact and the feeling or sentiment of, of freedom and liberation and emancipation of your consciousness. I think that if I had removed those practices from my daily being, I may be in a different place now. So it is an intentional choice. Every day I wake up, I literally release any tension in my body. I let gravity pull me down as soon as my eyes open. Mm -hmm. And I also find it helpful to um, not only consume water, but to rest in water. And so when I talk about rest and uninterrupted rest, it's not only sleeping, which has tremendous implications on our brain health and our mental health and emotional well-being, but it's also active rest. Choosing to slow down, which is what the season has taught us, um, Mm -hmm. breeds 
enjoying and savoring every single moment. Resting in water, literally resting in a bath. I take a bath mm -hmm. at least once a week and just rest there. I don't do anything but rest in the middle of the chuckles and the screams and the fighting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that's a choice. I mean, those are part of my daily and weekly practices. And then, of course, on top of that, it's the literature we read and the connections that we have, the emotion that we foster. And so I was reading recently, I've read a lot recently, much of which has been recommended by you, but um, <laughs> I was also reading about how we are, because we are one with the environment, we are not in the environment, but we're environed organisms. And so mm. there's always this notion of give and take where when I breathe, I'm breathing the air that the trees are giving me. So how can I pour that generosity back into, into the world and into the universe? Mm -hmm. So being intentional about that leads to freedom as well. Yeah. Yeah. I can say I'm probably closer to that sense of freedom that you described, the heart and mind aligning than I think I've ever been before. And that's because I've had a lot of stillness in my life, two years of it, literally. Mm -hmm. I've chosen rest over movement. And I do think that, you know, my inaction is my self-care. Mm -hmm. You know, if I've gotten the question of like, what do you do for self-care? I'm like, I don't do, mm -hmm. I, do. I rest. And that's like resting my mind, resting my body. And so one of the things that is on your website, of course, I was trolling before our call. You mentioned that rest is a prerequisite for peace building. Yes. Can you explain that a bit for us? Absolutely. Um, so one benefit and privilege of being in corporate America is that you learn the systems and you learn how institutions operate um, and work together. And, and so what I've learned through my journey is that there's the micro, meso, and macro levels of advocacy and change. And what I've been sharing with um, the folks at Columbia University is that in order for us to really drive peace building, like peace building among nations, we have to have peace within ourselves. And mm -hmm. so that's the micro level, that the individual level, there is an obligation to acquire that peace or to recognize it and continue to manifest it. And then once you have that and you have a build a community, that's the meso level. So then we're getting to neighborhoods and states and communities coming together to experience that together. And then at the at the highest level are the industries the NGOs, the government agencies and national agencies. I'm thinking of the United Nations, for example. And so that's where the advocacy and diplomacy happens around peace building and being able to negotiate resolutions that elevate everyone and unify everyone. But you can't have that. I can't have an advocate or a delegate that is demonstrating diplomacy without them having realized their piece. And we've seen it play out. Yeah. We've seen it play out here in the, in the United States as well. Even 
in terms of relationships with the people we care about or our loved ones. An argument is just ignited and fire thrown at it when two people are in disagreement who don't have, literally don't have rest. Um, You know, like there's more rationalization that comes from two rested souls exchanging Mm -hmm. and it can be the difference between opportunity for growth and conflict Mm -hmm. so if you like expand that to industries and community and nations like you say I could completely relate to that and I just I do think too just like within the black community that we can be served so much by rest in our relationships and in our resolutions as individuals and in partnerships Um, Because so much of us coming to relationships with the demand and the burnout on our Mm -hmm. shoulders, you know, and we're we're trying to like express ourselves under veils of, but like taking it out on our relationships because of burnout. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, I think about that in terms of community as well. I also think that in terms of like economic hustles, workplace and career competition, um, social conditioning of what resilience is. You know, there's this, I guess, storyline or narrative to like just try, try again. The idea of never quitting. These things are kind of ingrained in us that pushing ourselves to the limit is how we see reward. And so I can imagine, you know, rest being a concept that people are on board with, but that concept is also in competition with the way we've kind of been indoctrinated to wear ourselves to the ground, Mm -hmm. you know? You are absolutely (laughs) right. I was just, um, I was just sharing with um, a colleague on my team, this very notion we have, Um, Mm -hmm. we're going to be highlighting the, the strength of women that they've exhibited, um, especially during this season, it's been exacerbated. And we were reviewing some creative and the headline said, discover strength and resilience and there is a beautiful image and you know copy was mm-hmm. composed pretty well but i'm like there's something about that headline that is not honoring what we've already mm-hmm. done like we don't have to pursue anything we don't have to seek anything it's already been mm-hmm. in us and so i think what we have to do is change that narrative to be this epidemic requires compassion and the grace and mm-hmm. just the gentle natures and honoring rest um, as almost a sort of reparations is, is exactly what you said. Self-care is in action. The ability to just be is enough. We don't have to be anything else mm-hmm. but there, mm-hmm. but present. And so... Yeah, I agree. I'm just, as you're speaking, I'm thinking too that sometimes I do think that it is, this is an odd idea that's never come to me until this moment, but sometimes self-care can be performative Mm -hmm. in that, especially in this day of social media, it's like self-care Sunday. I'm going to post a pic of me um, getting my nails done and then post the picture of, um, I did this and I did this and did this. And it's like almost a message of like, see, 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 I do take care of myself. See, Mm -hmm. I am balanced. See, you know, and for me, I've said this before that 
my self-care is completely off off the clock, mm-hmm. off the grid. It is completely internalizing everything I'm inhaling in my in my mm-hmm. rest, you know? Absolutely. Like I, I don't know how how you can self-care and <laughs> um be multitasking with advertising and self-care. <laughs> I've always found that to be such a jarring <laughs> you know thing to watch but um all of the things that you just said but yeah all that to say that self-care is truly truly in in stillness and it's interesting that you say that self-care too is in also the connections that we make I think I've really practiced stillness more than I have in the past I think I still have a long ways to go but my stillness is in not being overstimulated by noise, but in connections and also in the connections that you and I have had over conversations, those connections can be so centering and they like add to my rest versus stimulate Mm -hmm. my rest. Absolutely. You know, what is it that you need in your connections and in your relationships to make you feel that they are contributing to your your rest and your freedom in terms of aligning your heart and mind and and just feeling peace. I, I love the way you frame emancipation of consciousness, but what do you what do you personally need from your connections to feed into that instead of take mm. away from that? I think the way that my rest is energized is through curiosity. Like I think that my connections, most of which who don't live in the same area that I do. So I'm, I have friends all around the country and the world. And I talk to my friends every day. So that's, let me just put that out there. There's not a day Mm -hmm. that goes by that I do not talk to my friends. Yeah. Um, same. people are like, how do you do that? And I'm like, don't you talk to your friends every day? I definitely, but do. I think curiosity, us imagining a world, imagining the world that we want and kind of like riffing off of one another. Like what if mm-hmm. X, Y, Z, what if we could build this platform where we're teaching people how to experience joy or generational joy or what if we did xyz I think it's the curiosity and the imagination that Mm -hmm. energize me and pour into that I also Mm -hmm. am very adamant about individual relationships so I'm like really um, attuned to one-on-one dialogue I don't know where that comes from it may come from my mother actually Um, she's a very introverted Virgo. And Mm -hmm. so me not being that, I think that she's taught me to be reserved in my relationships and very thoughtful and curious. She's taught me Mm -hmm. to kind of listen and take in and consume what my friends are doing and support them and build them up. Mm -hmm. And so having that one-on-one dialogue with each of them, that lightens my heart every day. I'm like, I want my my daughters to have the same thing like my girls need to have that with one another I need that as well in my relationships my friendships you mentioned the ad you were working on that had discover strength and resilience 
And I can totally see how an ad agency or, you know, someone who's just merely focused on the pop of, you know, a tagline might feel like those those words are big and bold and grand and empowering. Um, and I can also absolutely see how they might be not so quite right with you. Um, but when I think of those words, discovery, um, strength and resilience, what does strength mean to you? Mm-hmm. If, if it didn't quite fit, what does fit mm-hmm. for you? When, you? when you think about strength in terms of how you want to um, embody it. I would say I would redefine strength as as just living authentically, like they're not mm-hmm. being this buffer between what I think and what I say and how I feel. It all aligns and I can express it as it aligns. And so that strength to me, regardless of how loud it is, it's vocal or not vocal or um active Mm -hmm. or inactive or seen or unseen like strength is being able to be who you are unapologetically and um and I think there's a lot of of love also in strength I mean that's the mantra in this household is that we're going to enjoy life and spread love and if something that we're doing doesn't align with that then we're not demonstrating our strength. We've Mm -hmm. been called as humans, as beings and humanity to love one another. And we have to do that without judgment. And um, we have to do that in a gentle way. And, um, and so there, I, there are two questions that I teach my girls who are six and eight. If they're fighting, they have to say, does this make me whole? Or does this help me love better? And if mm. it doesn't really address those two things, then it's not, it's not even worth fighting for. <laughs> right. Um, and in many cases, it's not for them. But I want to start to decondition and decolonize my mind so that I'm modeling it to them in a way that's meaningful. I love that definition of strength because it is to look through conflict and through the lens mm-hmm. of grace and that is that is beautiful and I for me when I think about freedom it is grace is in mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. you know so if we can get to that point I feel like as individuals and as community that's where our freedom lies I love that so thank you Imani this thank is so you. beautiful it's such a good reminder as we are literally nearing the anniversary of the pandemic and being in this this season of all of our lives of finally being in forced stillness. I think there's a lot of frustration that's come in the last year of, you know, restlessness. And so it is all perspective in terms of how we interpret our isolation and how we interpret our forced stillness. But when we lean into, into rest, and especially through the lens of correlating it to freedom and to joy, then I think we can really, you know, get to a place of grander and 
more awesome wonder as you mm. describe it thank you so thank you this is oh, timely this is beautiful i appreciate it chloe Thank you for listening to Life I Swear. You can follow Life I Swear on Instagram. And if you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you get your podcast fix. And learn more at lifeiswear.com. I hope you join me next week for another episode. In the meantime, be well, friend. Mm-hmm.